NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. This is NFR Extra, episode 54. Our tagline for NFR Extra is all dirt, all rodeo, all year. And our guest today lives that mantra and more with the role he provides at the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association. Our conversation today is with the CEO of the PRCA, George Taylor, where he shares his unique career path with us from the computer networking world of IBM to weathering the storm of the Great Recession at Caterpillar and to now running the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association. He talks about the need to physically and digitally innovate both the customer and member experiences in Pro Rodeo, the importance of the Cowboy Channel deal, and the challenges of a membership-driven organization with committees, contestants, and sponsors. We learned how he's navigated through the pandemic and using his experience working at Caterpillar during the Great Recession and the impact that it's made on the rodeo industry. We find out what the day-to-day operations look like for the PRCA and the outlook for the rest of the 2020 Pro Rodeo season. 120 of the best cowboys and barrel racers rode into Las Vegas last December and left $10 million richer. The chase for 2020 has already begun, and all champions are hungry for gold. Be sure to follow your favorite cowboys, barrel racers, and local rodeos all season long. It all leads to one place, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Learn more at NFRExperience.com. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. Howdy, I'm Bob Tolman, and this is NFR Extra. George Taylor has built a reputation as a big-picture thinker who can manage and inspire people on a day-to-day basis. His positive, forward-thinking personality makes him uniquely qualified to lead a large and diverse organization like the PRCA. Before taking the reins with the PRCA, he served as Chief Marketing Officer and President of Caterpillar Venture Capital. Over his 19 years with Caterpillar, he drove enterprise brand, innovation, and digital transformations for the industry-leading Fortune 500 company. We are excited to have this opportunity to talk to George Taylor, CEO of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Welcome to NFR Extra. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, taking some time out to be a part of the NFR Extra. You've got a very unique path from IBM to CAT to the PRCA. Tell us a little bit about how those stops have shaped your career. Yeah, you know, I've been going backwards in technology, I think. So uh, from computers to iron machinery to animals and livestock, right? So, um, you know, it's certainly been something that, you know, you, you don't plot this out and I like to say uh, somebody had a sense of humor with my career, but uh, starting out as a computer science major and 
somebody who thought they were going to stay in that technical world forever was uh, was interesting. But certainly working at uh, IBM for almost 14 years uh, was a really interesting career path to take. And I really got my start on the technical side and uh, had visions of a variety of things, but then ended up in marketing at IBM and did a lot of work there. And it also was a time where um, I got my master's in business administration from the University of Illinois. So it was really about running to be more involved with making a difference in the business. But I also learned a lot about technology and what it can do and how it can affect businesses and uh, solve business problems. And we live in that world today, in essence, uh, as evidenced by a Zoom call where we're all looking at each other. And, you know, it's really a fascinating uh, thing and it has been for a long time. And then uh, I, at the time, uh, I was a client executive for Caterpillar uh, while I was at IBM. So I had responsibility for all Caterpillar and had a team of people that called on them globally and got to know them really well and really enjoyed their business a lot. And uh, they had me come over and join their organization in the strategy and acquisitions area, um, which I, is where I started at CAT and did some, a variety of different things there, working on helping their business define their strategy and what kind of acquisitions they might want to make. And I did that for a few years and then went on back almost uh, to where I was in some ways in terms of marketing and field operations at Caterpillar. And, uh, and then I got to spend some time in Asia, which uh, we lived over there for about three years uh, with my family. And, uh, you know, that, that taught me a lot about different opportunities and, you know, maybe as things are now, diversity and inclusion and trying to think about how to leverage those things for business opportunities and just because they're the right thing to do. Um, and then my last two jobs I had at Caterpillar uh, before I retired were uh, large distributed organizations of, uh, we had about 12,000 people in my distribution organization and uh, I had responsibility for sports because uh, I was Caterpillar's chief marketing officer. So I had, uh, had responsibility for the uh, NASCAR program uh, that Caterpillar still runs today and some of their other sports in different countries. So that really was kind of the beginning, if you will, of me thinking that sports would be something interesting to be involved with. And I retired from CAT and wasn't done yet and uh, really wanted to try to leverage all those things uh, into something. And uh, I had read a book and the book said, make sure whatever you do, you do something you love with people you love in a place you love. And uh, I certainly wasn't thinking about rodeo uh, when I read that, but I was thinking about sports and we loved the West and this opportunity came up and here we are. Mm. So, uh, I mean, there's so many different perspectives, right, uh, in your career here, and definitely along the timeline of technology and evolving. What, you know, the, going from Caterpillar to PRSA, what are the comparisons between the two? I mean, is there some shared comparisons with those two? You know, I, 
yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one is uh, whether it's Caterpillar or IBM or the PRCA, they're all the very best at what they did at the time. And, you know, in my mind, at least, there's nobody better at rodeo than the PRCA, professional rodeo for sure. And uh, so that's one of the common things. I think also they're all somewhat complicated. You know, they're, they're large organizations. Uh, they're the biggest at what they do and, uh, you know, have dispersed operations. We have 5,000 members and 700 rodeos all over the country and uh, producing change in any of those organizations uh, that keep us at the top end of our game is really uh, a challenging thing. You know, they're very historical companies. Rodeo's very historic. Caterpillar was historic. IBM, you know, and, uh, and I think at the end of the day, all business, it really revolves around people and, uh, you know, suffice to say all, all, all that means is that being together and having a shared goal uh, really is what oftentimes makes an organization work really well or not so well. Uh, if you have a lot of fractured interest and, you know, again, you look at the times we're in now, uh, you know, I, I like to say sometimes in the PRCA, we're only as strong as we are united and we're only as weak as we are divided. And, you know, our country is going through those same things in a lot of ways. Crazy times. Yeah. When you joined the PRCA, you made mention that uh, you needed to physically and digitally innovate both customer and membership experiences. Can you talk a little bit about that and things that you've done to do that? Yeah. And, you know, never satisfied completely in all those things. Uh, but I believe that every business has to always continually change uh, or it's in trouble. And I, th I want to say it was uh, Jack Welch might have said, when change ends, or when, when you stop changing, the end is near. And it's always a tricky thing to think through what should change and what shouldn't change, what should we preserve from our history, and what do we go ahead with. And so we, as we've looked at uh, digital innovation as an example, um, you know, we looked at our, our rodeo entry process for our contestants to make entries. I think between the men and the women, we have about 135,000 entries a year. And we had banks of, of people sitting, uh, sitting back in the PRCA in the back room here, taking phone calls and taking rodeo entries. And it was really one of the first areas we identified to, uh, to leverage technology. And if you think about, you know, how many of us have gotten comfortable with rather just placing an order on Amazon as opposed to picking up the phone or worse yet, going to the mall, right? Mm. The thing of my, when I grew up, it was all about going to the mall to buy something. Uh, but rodeo entries being a bit the same, you know, we had limited hours. It's hard to get through during the busy times. And now, it, essentially, a contestant can make an entry 24-7, just do it on the app, and uh, get a lot of communication about 
whether or not the entry went through, uh, what rodeos are opening on a day, what days, what rodeos are closing, those kinds of things. So that, that one's probably the furthest along. Uh, we have been doing some experiments with uh, fan engagement, and we did, uh, I believe, rodeo guests last year at NFR, and I think that digital engagement is really an important thing for our fan experience uh, to, to enjoy, and so we'll, we'll continue to do that, but then you think about really putting more into your content on social media and apps uh, that we have like Cowboy Channel Plus, you know, streaming, the podcasts that you all are doing, you know, these are all incredibly important digital experiences for our fans. Um, and maybe we're just entering perhaps one of the biggest changes from a physical standpoint. If anybody thinks NFR is going to look the same uh, in 2020 as it did in 2019 at Thomas and Mac from a physical standpoint, you know, I think, I think that'll be an interesting thing, whether it's ticketless entry, whether it's uh, how you get concessions to the way the entire experience at, at Thomas and Mac are. So those are the things that I think, you know, in order for us to keep growing as a sport, we're going to have to continue to invest in and, and look at, quite frankly. Well, and as growing as a sport, this is a very unique industry in the fact that all of the committees are independent committees. So is that something that you've seen a lot of difficulty with as far as the continued growth? You know, um, I've been really pleasantly surprised at, a, at the highest level. Um, you know, and I'll use our media deal that we did this year with Cowboy Channel. Um, you know, we had a core group of rodeo committees that we got together uh, that represented the interest because if it's all divided, we could have never gotten a media deal pulled together that would have paid us um, because everybody would have been doing a one-off deal. Uh, but we were able to get uh, the biggest committees in the room um, and our rodeo committee executive council to represent all and um, you know that'd just be an example of getting things done and it's really at the end of the day it's very similar to a big company you know getting everybody to pull the oar the same way um, is really the challenge um, but you know Caterpillar had 120 dealers around the country and they all had some unique and autonomous capabilities and the committees and the contestants to a degree are, are very much that way. So it can be hard at times uh, because you have so many varied interests, but it really has been something that um, I've been pleasantly surprised because if people understand the benefit of being together, they're more than happy to do it. Kind of the question we're going to talk about customers real quick. Yeah. There's, there's different ways customers mm -hmm. can play out and, uh, the overall fan base and you focus on 20% or you try to get the lion's shares of people, you know, becoming your customer. Who are the PRCA's customer? Well, uh, this might be controversial uh, statement that I'm about to make. Uh, but one of the first things I did after getting here and being here a little while was 
I kept hearing that we were a member-driven organization. And, um, you know, what I tried to, to reinforce with people was that ultimately the people who buy the ticket is the customer. Because if you ever stop focusing on them getting value for what they're buying, then we won't be able to benefit our members. And so that, that was a big focus for us is to really think about uh, how, do we, how do we do that and still respect and honor our stakeholders. So uh, you can think about whether it's any company, you wanna provide great benefits to your employees, but if you ever get into a position where you're not meeting the needs of the customers, your ability to meet the needs of the employees goes down exponentially. And so that really is the, the focus, at least from my viewpoint, is to partner with all of our stakeholders on making sure that we deliver the ultimate fan experience in, in the person who's buying uh, concessions or buying tickets. Those are the ones that ultimately are our shared customer, I think, across all the groups. And to the degree we make them happy, we can reward everybody uh, substantially whether in, in those primary groups. Let's take a time out with George Taylor, CEO of the PRCA. And when we return, George talks about the importance of the Cowboy Channel deal and the challenges of a membership-driven organization with committees, contestants, and sponsors. Each year at Cowboy Christmas, more than a quarter million country western shoppers mingle with NFR contestants Flint Rasmussen and the best junior cowboys and cowgirls in the world. There's no place in sports where your rodeo heroes find time to meet and greet their fans 9 to 5 every day. Cowboy Christmas. It's shopping, live music, rodeo, and so much more. Book your reservations and find out more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. It's all here. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the Top 35 Most Memorable Moments. As a tiny tyke, Ty Murray set his sights on breaking the six-strong world all-around titles record held by his hero, Larry Mayhem. It took enduring surgeries on both knees and shoulders to get it done. But Murray achieved his lifelong goal at the 1998 NFR, establishing a new record with his seventh all-around gold buckle. This is what living right's all about. This is what trying hard is all about. That's what being a cowboy is all about. It was fitting that Mahan was watching arena side and was the first to shake Ty Murray's hand. Murray, who was the 1988 overall and bareback riding rookie of the year, won those seven world all-around crowns in the years spanning 1989 through 1998. That first year in 1989, Murray was just 20 years old and he became the youngest all-around world champion ever, breaking the mark set by Jim Shoulders 40 years earlier in 1949. Murray racked up 19 total NFR qualifications in Rodeo's three rough stock events and won six straight NFR all-around titles from 1989 through 1994 before injuries would break the streak. Ty Murray also won bull riding world titles in 1993 and 1998. 
Murray's versatility was legendary, and he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 2000. Nellie Miller, world champion barrel racer, and this is NFR Extra. We are here with CEO of the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association, George Taylor. Earlier in Taylor's career, he had extensive executive experience with IBM, and he also holds an MBA from the University of Illinois and a BS in computer science from Illinois State University. So not only the customers that are going to the rodeos, but also um, having the new partnership with the Cowboy Channel, how important was that? Yeah, right. Great, great question. And, you know, uh, again, it's just, it's about expanding that customer base into new areas. And, you know, I I like to say oftentimes, you know, in this COVID world we're living in, uh, we're we're reducing the number of people who can be in the arena oftentimes, maybe 25%, maybe fanless, maybe 50%. But I, I think, Las Vegas really magically figured out a long time ago that you can have customers in a lot of places and the number of people that watch the NFR that aren't in Thomas and Mac is exponentially larger, right? And uh, television is that same thing. And really what you guys did with closed circuit television, now we're trying to do with TV overall and how do we how do we make sure we have a really good, stimulating, understood product uh, for all those people? Because then that drives our ability to get more revenue for contestants that have patches, for committees that have sponsors in their arenas and all those things. And so it's a really, it's a really fascinating uh, dimension of where we're going. And I think we're just really honestly scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's funny you bring that up, right? We're talking about Cowboy Channel and they have a limited distribution, right? I mean, that's kind of how they are, but there's so many platforms as to your point that you bring up during the NFR. What are these next avenues and then what you're looking for? I mean, clearly your, your career path of IBM Caterpillar, you've had to, you've had to go down this path. What are some other things that you may be looking at down the road that add to this overall distribution of the professional rodeo? Yeah. Well, first, you know, uh, Cowboy Channel, um, you know, they're in about 40 or 50 million homes, roughly, uh, and sometimes not in, it's in standard definition. They're working on how do we continue to expand that part of it. But I think one of the most exciting things we did with Cowboy Channel was the app in the streaming side of the business. Um, because of the breadth it gives you in terms of distribution, you know, uh, you think about Netflix, you know, there's more content than any one person could stand to digest, but it's also the breadth of the distribution for them is, is also amazing. So, you know, certainly what we're thinking about with Cowboy Channel Plus app is really important there, but I think it's about the way we can partner in communities and Um, so, uh, one of the first things we did and whether it's on linear television or the app, uh, this year in cave Creek, uh, while they could only have about a hundred people in the arena, uh, in cave Creek, there were watch parties that they put together again, just like you guys. And sometimes maybe cowboy channel 
linear channel wasn't available, but then they could stream it as well. So to me, it's about how do you keep building this group of people that just like going to Buffalo Wild Wings uh, to watch a football group game with a group of guys, how do we do that same type of thing uh, in rodeo? You know, I want to add to that. So th- coming from Vegas and all the other things we do, so we I've grown up with that that satellite uh, yeah. type world with boxing back in the day with Tyson and, you know, obviously with MMM today. But the other thing we've discovered too from the NFR angle for our social media, is, I'm not kidding, this is on our Twitter feed and as well as our Facebook feeds. They become real time during the event. Yeah. And if we... <laughs> If we fall behind, George, on like scores and just informing people, right. we got a, like 50 people telling us, whoa, where are you at? I know something's going on and we're not getting information. So, yeah, to your point, like there's more avenues and sometimes it just becomes very organic and everyone's got a lot, lot more to get, a lot more, lot more to explain. Yeah, you, and you hit on an important thing. Today, again, I, I'm a golf fan or football fan. And if you want to know what your favorite person did the last time they were out you know how do you think about that right and today if let's say sage kimsey's your favorite bull rider and you want to know what what bull is he going to be on uh and when is he going to go and what was the score and have that you know in a way that you could be texted and you find all those things out uh you know, really easily that that's an important aspect of where we're going and we're redoing prorodeo.com right now. Uh, We'll have our first launch of that in August, but one of the key elements of that, (coughs) maybe not in the first release, but shortly thereafter will be a logged in experience where you can now start to track rodeos. You can track livestock, you can track contestants, and those types of things as, as you're doing it. And how do we get that out more real time? And uh, so that's a big piece of that immediacy to be able to create people who want to follow the sport. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm here in, in Belfouche and it was the touch and go for so long of, are they going to have a rodeo? Are they not going to have a rodeo? And one thing that you were talking about as far as the membership driven organization for helping out the contestants, um, you know, helping out the committees, but, and one of the customers I think that also will benefit from the cowboy channel and moving forward are sponsors. So tell us a little bit about sponsors and moving forward with them. And, uh, the, I think the benefits that we'll see. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we have a really great core group of sponsors, uh, that support, the sport, but we would call them mostly endemic sponsors today. Endemic meaning it comes from the sport itself. So a lot of Western things, right? Guys who make saddles and ropes and blue jeans and and uh, Western wear and cowboy hats. But I think one of the big potential things as we grow uh, will be what we would call non-endemic sponsors. Like it's been a long time since rodeo has had uh, Coca-Cola or, you know, a fast food restaurant or an airline or a credit card company, you know, those types of things. And again, that's, that's what really helps the sport grow. And uh, all of this, you know, whether 
think about what Tiger Woods did for golf and how he grew the sport, but also grew the value of the sport. And, you know, we have our own Tiger Woods, you know, Trevor Brazil, most people don't know, uh, but he should be known. And so I think Cowboy Channel plays a key role there. And then what it does for all those involved uh, can, can really be meaningful, at least from my perspective, as, as we keep going. And, uh, you know, as it benefits Cowboy Channel, everybody can kind of raise up, you know, on the rising tide, if you will, of growth as a sport as we better tell the stories. I mean, the stories we have in rodeo are amazing. The people are amazing. So we're, we're really thinking about how to better position and tell stories and having a media partner like Cowboy Channel, who's focused on us 24 seven is really, I think the thing that can help us do that. You know, kind of conversation we have sometimes on the podcast is kind of kind of weird analogy using baseball and so much tradition and there's analytics and there's just so much that drives that for years that rodeo is very similar and there's stories for days. What, what's your philosophy as, as you work with the contestants, because it's a membership driven uh, organization, like what's the philosophy there? You know, I, I think for us, it's about how do we make sure that uh, you can make a living doing this, you know, and, and anybody who knows very much about rodeo, uh, while it's been growing the last few years, it's tough. You know, if you don't make the NFR, it's a tough go. And, um, you know, we want to keep having opportunities for guys to develop and, and grow into the sport. Um, but, the, but the real view that we would have is that, you know, we need to, we need to have uh, have it be a meaningful approach to a career that's relatively short. But, you know, as I've read more and more, uh, whether you're looking at the NFL or uh, hockey, you know, the average length of a career in the NFL and hockey, I think, is three to five years. Mm. Now, they make a lot more money than our guys do on average. Um, so we'll always have a layer that's kind of slogging and fighting it out at the, in the lower levels and, and having a tough time making it through. But if you're really successful, we need to find ways to make you really successful. And, um, and I think that's a big part of it. And then what we would like to do is make sure that as a staff organization here in Colorado Springs, we're not consuming too much of that capital that comes through, if you will. So as we grow our sponsorships, as we grow our media, as we grow anything we're doing, how do we push an ever-increasing percentage of that out to the Cowboys, out to the committees, and out to the stock contractors? Because that would, you know, and I think you know, I've heard in football, they target about 10% for the, for the NFL and 45% for teams and 45% for the players. And, you know, that's kind of an interesting number. And we're, we're not too far off that, quite frankly, if you look at what dollars we have that go to uh, member programs, it's about 89% currently. Um, but 
you know, we, we've got to, I think the question always is, is it benefiting the members and, and that type of thing, which you always got to stay aggressive at, at looking at, but not consuming, you know, too much back here at headquarters. And so that's a big piece of it. But the real focus is how do we keep making it financially attractive and more attractive to have our members be involved with our organization? So from your initial take uh, as your role of leading the PRCA, has your mindset changed at all from your experience uh, to where you're at now? Or are you still staying with your initial strategies? You know, I'd say mostly staying with our initial strategies. But again, if you back up to the most basic of those, it's about availability. So I want to be, you know, I give people my cell number. I tell them to call, whether it's to complain or say good job, uh, you know, listen to them and try to balance the, you know, not everybody has the same needs. A stock contractor views the world one way and a contestant views it another way. And it's about really how do you listen to both those groups and find a way to stratify where you're going and, and keep moving in those directions. You know, what this, again, if you think about the broad thing, the digital side of things, you know, what is going to be the opportunity over time for fantasy rodeo? And, you know, those are things that while I said something broad about digital, but as we've developed the media, as we grow our sponsors, as we grow our fan base, does fantasy rodeo become more of an opportunity and partnership with Las Vegas and all the different things that we can do. So, you know, those are the, the gleams in the eye longer term for sure. Let's take a quick break with George Taylor from the PRCA. And when we get back, George talks about the impact the pandemic has had on the current and future state of pro rodeo. In 2020, more than 7,000 kids will compete for the coveted 750 spots at the Junior World Finals in Las Vegas, presented by Yeti. Each qualifier will go head-to-head for more than a half a million dollars in a championship buckle in the biggest rodeo youth event in the country. This could be the first time on the road to a pro rodeo card in a gold buckle in Vegas. Find out how your son or daughter can earn the right to compete against the best at the Junior World Finals, presented by Yeti. Wherever you listen to the NFR Extra podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, or even YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you think of this episode or any episode by leaving a comment. Hi, I'm Speed Williams, eight-time world champion team roper, and we're listening to the NFR Extra. We are back with George Taylor, CEO of the PRCA. George has set out to expand Pro Rodeo's reach to increase the fan base and deliver the Western lifestyle experience around the globe. Now we're going to kind of shift this universe here, and we're going to bring up our current times where we're living in, and this is the whole COVID part. Sure. Mm. The Rona. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From a business perspective, are the challenges you faced with Caterpillar during the recession helping you navigate with PRCA during these times? Is there some sort of similarities in those those two? You know, probably always. I think um, I think trying to make sure that when there's risk present, you've got to think about those risks. And I and I would say the organization was really strong financially previously, um, and Carl did a great job 
working with the board of directors. And so, you know, having a strong balance sheet when you get into tough times, really important. And we've continued to do that. Uh, we've had three record years financially. Uh, and, you know, we wanted to keep that going. This year is going to be tough. You know, we'll have about half the rodeos uh, in total and about 60% of the payouts that, that we had last year. And so, uh, you know, you've got you to gotta stay focused on the basics and make sure you can do them. But I also think what I learned um, in the recession was, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And hard times, uh, whether it's for personal reasons or business reasons, you can get better through hard times. You know, none of us, uh, stay thin and spelt and muscular by just laying on the couch and eating sweets all day. And businesses are the same. You know, if you go out and you stretch and you press and, you know, this one is being forced on us, we're going to be better coming out of it than we were. But it's also going to leave some marks, just like 9-11 left marks on how we get on and off airplanes forever, you know. Um, but I think the world's better maybe because of it. So we'll, we'll certainly leverage some of those things and really try to grow through the pain, if you will. And uh, it's the same thing we learned through the financial crisis, quite frankly. When you were, when the whole COVID deal came out and, you know, we kind of got the developing stories of that from different media sources, did you ever envision that it would have the effect on the business of rodeo that it has? Oh my gosh. No, I, I, matter of fact, I told somebody the other day, if we would have fallen asleep on January 1st and woke up June 1st, who would have recognized where the heck we were? You know, I mean, it's, you, you can't, you can't envision this. And even when it started, I thought, you know, this is going to be three or four week thing. And it just, you know, quite frankly, doesn't go away. You know, some people are calling it a second wave. I think it's still the first one that never gave up. And um, so, no, you, I, I, if, if, I, if I could predict, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing for a living. I'd, <laughs> I'd go buy some stocks that I'd never have to think about again or something. But it, it is a, it's a fascinating question. You know, I have a lot of people say to me, George, can you guarantee me there's going to be an NFR? Can you get, I said, you can't guarantee anything. Ow. You know, I, that's the one thing I've learned through this short window again is there are no guarantees. Everything's subject to change. Yeah, stay light-footed and be able to move quick and, uh, you know, be adaptable. And uh, those types of things are really key skills right now. Yeah, you know, our, our, uh, our president uses the word fluid, right? We're, we're constantly being fluid through this process, which is really <laughs> just on the rodeo, but the event side in, in Vegas. But, you yeah. know, uh, we touched on this with Chris Bowman we had from uh, Rodeo Houston. Oh, yeah. And um, how have you and will you continue to manage the rodeo in the era of COVID? He had some interesting answers. I'm curious kind of your touch on that since you've been going. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think, again, it's about uh, how do you reach people? You know, we, we all are, most of us are all still here. And and while COVID has had an impact, maybe well, maybe depending on your situation, 
well beyond what maybe the actual uh, loss of life is in some ways. I mean, who, who thinks spend $6 trillion, close the entire economy, Nevada's unemployment rate is 33%. You know, Same. I mean, it's just, they're so huge. But I think for us, it's about the good news is, you know, some of our highest television ratings have been during this time period. So we've got to keep thinking about how do you produce the product and you deliver it maybe in a way that is different. Historically, it was about ticket sales. And, you know, for many other sports, they benefited from having eyeballs. You know, uh, I, I always talk about uh, the Super Bowl, 100 million people watch it. And that's why a commercial costs four or five million dollars. So um, I think in this time in, of COVID, we've just got to keep being willing to kind of step through the gates of how do we get our product out to our customers in a way that's compelling uh, and, and benefit them. And if we do that well, uh, we'll be okay as a sport. You know, I'm just going to add that I think more into your point, that deal with Cowboy Channel has become more important now. Like you yeah. didn't know, right? That, but how well has that worked out? And them being so, you know, Mino and Metters and that whole team over there is that what a great time that you can mold to the situation with them. Cause I don't know if you, I'm just saying this. I don't know if you could have did that with CBS sports personally. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and just the amount of time they spend dedicated to us is, is crazy. We'll have uh, this weekend, we'll have six rodeos being streamed uh, and we'll have, uh, and we'll have parts of rodeos on uh, between Belfouche and Prescott. Uh, full-time and we'll run pro rodeo today which will allow us to kind of jump in and out of rodeos that we're streaming to show the best rides on linear television but we we and again it's not anything bad about cbs it's just the benefit of having a network that's totally committed to your sport you know like nfl has their uh their uh linear television and streaming like MLB, NBA, you know, it, it really uh, is playing in our favor in these really difficult times. Yeah, it is. Talking about moving forward, let's go back to when this whole thing really started taking place and we started to see the severity of what it actually meant for, I mean, for all businesses and, and sports. How did you and the PRCA uh, maintain communication with committees with contestants with sponsors as these rodeos were getting shut down yeah well never as good as we'd like to um but you really got to play all the different avenues from emails to text to social media podcast um you know again cowboy channel was offered for a period of time you know i could i got on there every friday uh and did something on pro rodeo uh, tonight for Saturday. So, you know, it's just about being able to spend time with people in every mechanism that we have and, and try to keep people as up to date as possible. And, you know, it's never enough. Uh, quite frankly, uh, you miss something all the time and we feel like we could do so much better, uh, 
Um, but I've, I've had a lot of positive feedback on some of the things. We also set up a COVID-19 tab on our website so that people could see what was going on. Um, because of our, uh, our app, we started, you know, the guys were saying, listen, we don't even know what's opening today anymore because the business journal's out of date or it's hard to get to. Could you find a way to get it to us? So every day we send this text out with rodeos that are opening and closing. So it's, it's things like that that uh, you have to try to hit every avenue uh, and still talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. You know, it, they, all, they all matter and all can touch people at a different level. Um, but I wish I, I wish I had the super-duper formula on how to make that work 100%, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's why I appreciate you guys taking the time today even to have have us do this podcast because it's just one more way for us to do it. Yeah. It's I mean, you know, there was um Dr. Fauci kind of adds some kind of weirdness to this, but of multimedia communications. Uh there was a really good piece that was put out there by his his team, his media team. They were like, Look, if you just focus on the three, right? Radio, print, and TV, linear TV you're missing like 70% of the universe sure. and you got to take advantage of podcasts, blogs, right. uh, stories, whatever it is. And you guys are clearly doing that. What is your data? You know, obviously we're still in the middle of this. What's your day-to-day -day operations look like right now? Yeah. Well, fortunately now, uh, you know, we're getting out to rodeos again, but other than that, you know, it's like the typical business that we would do would be dealing with, rodeo approvals and paying out money and those types of things. And there wasn't, you know, it's pretty fixed. Uh, and now it's uh, one of the biggest changes is the amount of time you spend talking to government officials. You know, we, that we never had to do that really as an organization. Uh, but I've met more governors this year and been on more conference calls with governors and state representatives and all these types of people because they're players that are allowing us to move forward and we want them to have confidence that we'll honor and respect their requirements, which are very different too, right? Oklahoma mm. is been really, really open. When we had Woodward, there wasn't, uh, and some would be critical of this, and I've had feedback along these lines, there were no masks. Right. It was and it was sold out grandstand. And, you know, on the other side of that, we did the Finnish Houston event uh, down in Fort Worth. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there were no there were no uh, fans there. Everybody had a mask on and those types of things. So, um, you know, those all that different ground rules and regulations and all that, and then canceling rodeos and approving rodeos. It's like three or four major new tasks that we spend our time, uh, time involved with. That's crazy. Yeah. So what's the, what's the protocol? I mean, are we, are we going to stick with the same kind of protocol that we have for the rest of the rodeo season and for the NFR? 
Yeah, so the protocol really, we have a 27-page document of protocol. And what we say is they're guidelines. And ultimately, the local county health department and state determine what the answer is. But, but we've developed this to be you guys tell us. You know, mm -hmm. it was interesting. I had, one, uh, I had one committee say to me, George, I'm so confused now. I watch Woodward on television, and it was one way. I watched Fort Worth, and it was another way. And I, I did, you know, you question it sometimes, whether you ought to have a standard protocol. And, um, you know, because if you exceed the expectation, it doesn't hurt anything. Well, just last week, I read that the NFL is doing essentially the same thing in the stadiums. They're letting the local and state authorities determine what the protocols are in their stadiums. And just as an example, um, more than likely New York City, the Giants or the Jets are going to have to not have fans. But I think in other communities, there are going to be fans. And so again, I, I took some away that uh, maybe we got lucky with the approach we used but others are kind of trying to do the same thing as well. Man, it is a fast moving ball that you see. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Right. Uh, but the guy, the guy on the committee, he, he watched it from TV. So that's a positive. Right. Yeah. Well, this would be the last question. It's kind of a, just a philosophical question, but you know, when you hear the, the term that uh, I think Trump has said that you know, this is a war against a silent enemy and, and kind of think about world war two and when our backs were against the wall and how we, how we evolved things out of it. My friend called it the Velcro effect, right? Like we came out of there and like Velcro was such a, an essential piece to society. Yeah. Um, how do you see what this, more on the positive side, where you're at and where this thing could be taken you, how it's done. And I'm adding a fourth one in here. It was just contestants, sponsors, and committees, but I'm adding customers. How do you yeah. see what you're learning through this process that you get to take away being optimistic we get on the other side of this, what it's doing for rodeo? Yeah, I... You know, I said, I said earlier, it will leave a mark, you know. <laughs> um, and I think every one of those situations, whether it's wars, whether it's 9-11, and I think we'll be able to add uh, the COVID pandemic to the list. If you really seek it out, you'll see that it did something really good. And I think we'll have more fans coming out of the pandemic than we had going in, in part because of our partnership on the media side, in part because we realized how important social media was and podcasts and all those types of things. The, the ability to tell stories and, and not have it just be about the eight, eight seconds the bull rider was on the back, right? Um, so I think, you know, many of those things are going to be better. The, the experience of going to Thomas and Mac, I know is going to be better coming out of COVID eventually, right? Whether it is the first year or not, it's going to be better. You know, the ability to deliver concessions directly to people, the, you know, uh, just cleanliness and things that spread disease, those are all going to be better. So, I think, you know, there's only good times. Uh, we were on a really good roll. We were going to set a record year in payouts. 
um, by an order of magnitude that was meaningful. And I think this will help us keep continuing to drive that forward. I really do. Mm-hmm. Well, if anything I've learned on this conversation, rodeo is in good hands. That is yeah. Re- well, thank yes. you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all all of us together, and I I say this all the time. My favorite, literally, my favorite quote in the world is from Mother Teresa. Says, "I can do things you can't do. You can do things I can't do. Together, we can do great things. And if this whole community pulls together, and if we in Vegas and PRCA and we all do it and we all recognize we all can't do the same thing, but we can do some amazing, amazing stuff. We will have uh, uh, many years of success and growth going forward. I think. Well, couldn't agree with you more. I, yeah. That's it for me, Steve, you got anything for George? I- awesome. Appreciate your time, sir. It was great. And thank you for uh, keeping us up to date and informed. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing. I mean, sometimes these podcasts go un noticed or not as noticed as we'd like them to see. And I know y'all are working hard on it. We appreciate it. And the partnership with Las Vegas uh, has been an amazing one that we think can continue to get better and better as well. I totally agree. Well, thanks for coming on, George. All right, guys, take care. We want to thank George Taylor, CEO of the PRCA, for joining us today on NFR Extra and sharing the current state of pro rodeo and its bright future. And stay tuned for episode 55 with country rock recording artist, the Powell Brothers. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've been hearing on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas, where the big boys roam, with the rovers and the racers and the bulls and the browns, and the ladies in the skin-tight rounds.